If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> We're not doing the weird... Why bother? Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, my God. I cannot think of a time I've ever been this bad. <sighs> um, Which thing do you want to talk about first? Uh, could I get my row thing kind of out of the way? Yeah, sure. I, 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 I need to have this off my chest because it's been a lot. Um, oop, already crying. Okay. So, um, so Friday morning we, uh, found out that, uh, the Supreme Court ended Roe v. Wade, which effectively bans abortion in, what, 20, 20 states? Something, well, it bans it in a handful right now. Trigger laws are in place mm-hmm. to make it harder. But At the end of the day, it's going to happen in about more than half the states. I'll get you an actual number. Thank you. Um, so, God, and fucking ironically, I was in a, uh, <laughs> in a hospital at the time. I just was getting a TB test for my new job. Um, and so uh, pretty quickly after we uh, heard about the news, I... Um, you know, I, I got a lot of texts and um, messages from friends and you guys, listeners. Um, and a lot of people were talking about how they're really excited to hear me, like, you know, the catharsis and and the anger and, you know, the outrage and the righteous fury and all of that. Um, and I'm not sure I have any more of that in me. Um, I feel thoroughly beaten in a way um, I never have before. Um, So that's how I'm doing, uh, which is to say poorly. Um, But so on my way uh, down here, I've been thinking a lot about what I want to talk about and use this this platform for. and so I was driving out here, and I was listening to um, Spring Awakening, which is um, a musical I like, and I think we all turn to art in, in, in times of need. And Spring Awakening, I've talked about recently, is um, this really tragic musical about these 19th century German children who don't know what sex is, and their parents won't tell them, and so nobody knows what anything means. Parents are keeping them in the dark. They're they're um, belittling their problems. So you have a young woman who ends up pregnant, and then uh, her mom doesn't realize she's pregnant, doesn't know how she got pregnant because she doesn't know what sex is, even though she had it. Uh, and then her mom made her get an abortion, and she died. Um, another boy failed a class and killed himself. Another... Two girls uh, admitted that um, they were being molested by a family member with, in at least one case, with the mother's knowing consent. 
And so it just made me think about um, how we treat children, I guess. So I think I, I think I want to circle. I, I guess I want to kind of center what I have to say on on children, because because ostensibly this is what they're trying to do is protect quote unquote children and just disagree about what that means. Um, but but our actions speak louder than our words. And if we look at how children are treated in this country, we don't give a shit about them either. Um, as of 2022, one of six children is living in poverty in America, in the wealthiest nation in the world. Um, the poorest group of people in America is children. These kids are not food stable and politicians, the same ones who would, who have stripped away our rights to uh, have autonomy over our body. These are the same ones who are voting against the formula um, subsidy and um, making sure kids can get free school lunches, even if they are a bad kid or whatever they're deemed to be. We also have the highest maternal mortality rate in the developed world. Um, and so, I don't know, I, I guess the more I kind of look around and look at the, the bills we pass as a country, as a state, I think about where the money in our country goes, both, you know, like funds, you know, American, you know, federal funds and out of our own pockets. Um, and so I think that this being framed as a we're protecting children thing is so utterly spineless and meritless. Um because they have shown us every step of the way that they don't give a shit about children. Um, they give a shit about themselves and maintaining power. Um, so, I don't know, man. I just watched a documentary about Gabriel Fernandez. Do you know this case? No. He's a eight-year-old boy who, over the course of six months, was beaten to death by his um, mother and her mother, his mother's boyfriend. Um, and it's a docuseries on um, on Netflix, and they're in L.A. County, and they showed the number of people who ignored what was going on. And we're talking teachers, we're talking DCF DCFS workers, we're talking therapists, we're talking counselors, we're talking police officers who went to do a wellness check after hearing that this kid was being beaten ostensibly knew he was in a high-risk household, goes over there at 2 in the morning, says, uh, hey, we hear, like, your kid's got some bruises. And the mom is like, oh, yeah, no, he fell the other day. And then the conversation ends with, yeah, you're right, he is a prick. Do you want me to come back tomorrow morning and scare him and tell him if he keeps making these false accusations, we're going to put him in jail? So... When I see, so even beyond policy, when we see, and, and then this entire sort of story ends with the cops closing rank to protect their own. 
So I guess here's my question is, who is protecting me? And who, who cares about me? Who out there cares about women anymore? And to the effect of we have known that Roe is the sacrificial lamb that the Democrats were willing to lay on the altar. So, so what? We could get Biden in office or something unclear. Um, but they were always willing to back that down. That was always the first thing to go. When, okay, we're going we're gonna to make sure we, you know, codify women's rights, but not abortion. But not abortion. Like, that's not... Um, Hyde Amendment, still intact. Yes, the Hyde Amendment is a very good example. Um, so I guess, I don't know. I, ho- I don't think this was the fire and brimstone mm. speech that people wanted. Um, but I don't know. Maybe this is fundamental. we broken me in some way. And now all I can sit and do is look at the numbers. You know what I mean? Like, we've... <sighs> the numbers reflect that nobody cares about women's health and we know that because lord i've talked about this before women's proportions aren't used to test safety equipment seat belts and things like that apparently a ton of women have overdosed and died from ambien because the dosing affects men and women differently but they just never did clinical trials with women and so now people have died um i'm i i mean we see it in a lack of affordable childcare and a lack of priority for those kinds of things. We don't see companies that are doing the, oh yeah, we have a daycare built in or whatever. They, we, we don't see that. Women are punished for working. They're punished for financial assistance. They're punished if they uh, stay with their abusive partner. They're punished if they're single moms. They're punished if they work during the day because they can't go to like bring their kid to whatever, get punished because they work at night, went, like, we have set up this hyper-individualistic society now that has been spearheaded by the GOP. And I honestly think that this is sort of tells me their end goal is, like, hyper-independence of, like, you have a family and you have kids and you worry about you four and literally fuck everybody else. And I know this because this is the refrain we hear. I, I, I can't speak for anybody else that I hear all the time. Well, you'll be fine, Jess. Well, you're in a blue state, so don't worry about it. Oh, I know you're worried about it. And I know this affects you, but just worry about yourself. Hey, you'll be fine. And that's what I've been hearing for five or six years or whatever. Well, you'll be fine. As if that's an okay thing. As if, as if that's a cost of doing business. It's like, yeah, some women are going to die, but you personally, you'll be okay. So... So we're good, right? We're square. Um, anyway, it, it's just um, it's just become more and more apparent that um, women are going to be continued to be relegated into second class citizenry. In fact, actually, let me amend that. I think everybody who is not a white Christian male, or with some exceptions, a uh, classically good looking blonde woman, then you don't get a say and they'll take care of you, I guess, or kill you trying to answer your first question way back when 
at least half of the states are going to ban abortion, certainly, or likely. And if they're going to ban it, they're going to get to the point that they're going to ban it without any exceptions Mm -hmm. or anything like that. That's more than half. Um, Just to piggyback on all of that, I think the thing that struck me more than anything else was just the amount of lying that that was Mm -hmm. inherent in all of these decisions. Just to name a couple, it's like, well, we're giving it back to the states. No, you're not, because if Republicans take control of the White House and Congress again, I mean, I'm not the Mm. first person to say this. The first bill they're going to pass is a nationwide ban on abortion to make it, you know, to stick it to the blue states. So it's not just a state by state thing, because if you ask all these Republicans like, oh, so you're fine with like Illinois and California, New York expanding their abortion access no, no, of course not. I'm the same if way with they it. have a chance to stop it there, because if they're like, well, it's murder, then mm-hmm. you want to stop it everywhere. So they're not going to stop here. Mm-hmm. There's an alternative plan, which is what if you just argue for fetal personhood? And if you get the Supreme Court to say that that's okay, then you don't even have to wait for Republicans to take over. You could just get the Supreme Court to keep going. But at that point, can we... So at that point, what are legal options to be like, okay, fine, this pregnancy is a personhood, fine. I want, you know, to be subsidized for it. I want to be able to think, you know, make this a dependent on my taxes. I want to get your child tax credits that are coming to me. I, like Those are fantastic questions that you. only matter if the worst case scenario happens. And that's what's troubling. Like, what's the game we're all playing this week? It's okay, well, if there's a ban here, how do we get them mm-hmm. to a place where women can be safe? And it's like, oh, look, Dick's Sporting Goods will give you a few thousand bucks if you need to get an abortion in a different state. I mean, it, you know those stories you hear like, Kid raises money with lemonade stand mm-hmm. to buy, I don't know, a kidney for his classmate. Or it's like, that's not a feel-good story. CEO, that's actually horrifying. CEO buys janitor 1998 Honda, you know, Honda Civic <laughs> when he finds out he doesn't have a car. Like, right. whoa, wow, right. good job, that's CEO. That's not a happy story. Why didn't you pay him more? Like, we're right. missing this the underlying capitalist problem. dystopian. Right. And so this like, I'm glad the company is offering to pay so you can have an abortion. But also the fact that you even think you need to right. do that is a bigger story. And now story. I have to get my company involved with yeah. my health care Let me decisions? tell my boss at Dick's Sporting Goods. Oh, excuse me, Stan. <laughs> hey, can you, can I take off Thursday morning and Friday afternoon? Right. Um, I just have to run out of state. Can you sign this so, so I can get my $3,000 Stan, the 22-year-old assistant manager at Dick's here? I have to get an abortion. Stan, can yeah. you please buy me a ticket to Colorado? <laughs> so that's that's one thing where it's like, oh, it's just going back to the states. Bullshit. None of these Republicans want it to go back to the states because the places where everyone lives are places that allow abortion access and they're not happy about that. So it's not going to stop there. The other thing is this is just about abortion. It's not about, you know, gay marriage. It's not about, uh, mm. you know... A gay sex it's not about contraception except clarence thomas except is for like it's gonna yeah be. it totally is you guys except for did you notice which case he didn't yeah he did not mention loving the which interracial so marriage strange. case which i wonder why right so it's not that this is the end of the game they're basically i mean one of them is dumb enough to admit it 
But like, this isn't the no, end game. No, this is the season one finale. Right. So they're going to keep going. This is a domino. It's not the last mm-hmm. one. It's it's hardly the first one because they've been gutting this stuff for a while. But we're not done yet. So this it's not like this is a standalone, unique case. They're going to use this to punish more people because that's the thing. That's the one thing that unites all these conservatives. Mm-hmm. It's like owning the libs. There's no policy agenda other than can we make Jessica cry? If we can, we'll do it. Fuck you guys. It's really easy to make me cry. Yeah. Suck it. The I mean, other stuff, which is uh, you mentioned this. If your goal is to protect children... None of these people have done the things that actually protect children. They oppose it. They've actively opposed it. Um, It's not about protecting women because women are going to die because of these bans Mm. in some states. I mean, how many horrifying stories of women seeking abortion care only to not receive it? And then they how many of those do you have to do have? Do they have to exist? I feel like I've read a bunch of them and I wasn't even looking for them. And I know a lot of these people haven't done any of that, but like there are stories out there of this stuff happening. I heard some Christians, mostly Christians, always Christians, but conservative Christians saying like, no, 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 ectopic pregnancies, which you guys use as like the exception to the rule. Oh, you guys know about ectopic pregnancies now? That's cool. They're like, no, of course, if a woman has an ectopic pregnancy, that will happen. It's like, You've never been to a Catholic hospital because those are specifically banned precisely for the reason of causing an abortion. Like, it's Mm -hmm. already a problem. You don't know that because you've never done the work. Mm -hmm. So it's not protecting women either. And none of these people care about that. The creepy sign. Did you see this meme going around? The the people saying, like, we will adopt your kid or whatever. Go And the people who are in the meme with that sign are people who have actively worked to punish women and force them to give birth and not adopted any of those kids. Of course they didn't. And like, even if they did, there are going to be far more. There are plenty of foster children that are still there needing families and can't get them. So it's those people with the signs, they'll adopt your brand new white baby. They're not going to adopt your black 12 year old (laughs) with a, you know, who was born addicted to heroin or whatever. Like that's not what they're, those are the ones who need help. The pretty white babies are going to find fucking homes. Probably that's not true. I know white kids. it's just a man. The, the argument that, you know, the people who are religious, that this is affecting liberals, that this is affecting a certain type of person is also bullshit. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, Lifeway Research, which is affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention, they did a survey years ago where they found seven in 10 women who have had an abortion identified as Christian. The largest subgroups in that Catholics and evangelicals, which two groups that explicitly say no Wait, to abortion. Wait, you're saying the two religions that not only say you can't get an abortion, but also say you shouldn't have protected sex. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys got a lot of abortions. Why? Yep. Why do you have the statistic? It's something like one in three abortions. The uh, parent, the person getting an abortion already has children. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, another survey from the uh, Guttmacher Institute found that roughly 20% of all abortion patients identified as specifically born-again, evangelical, charismatic, or fundamentalist. Those are all subgroups that explicitly oppose abortion, which is to say, one thing, 
this is assuming they're being honest with their label. And I have to think a lot of abortion patients did not want to tell the truth about their religious label. So you think it'd be higher. So I think it's a lot higher. Mm -hmm. But two, it means at least a sizable portion of people who are getting abortions belong to religious groups that explicitly say you can't have it, Mm -hmm. but they need it Mm -hmm. or they want it. It doesn't matter But they're getting them. What do you think is going to happen now if they're living in a state that has a ban or something? Like, this is the thing. Preachers' kids and preachers' mistresses will get the abortions they need. Mm -hmm. They always find workarounds for this stuff. Well, and anecdotally, I've read accounts of people who've worked in a Planned Parenthood or something of of that ilk who... One week a woman is out there with a sign like abortion kills a baby and the next week she's there with her 17-year-old pregnant daughter who, oh, you don't understand our circumstance. This is different. So what's the phrase? There's no moral abortion except for my abortion? Mm. I don't know. I just... This is a critique I have about a lot of the people on our side Don't say this is very like, oh, God, we have like the Christian Taliban or like this is like Sharia rule. Stop it. This is not a problem with Islam. Mm -hmm. There are problems with Islam. This is not one of them. This is Christian nationalism. This is like Christian extremism. Call it out for what it is. Stop equating Christians to another religion because that lets them off the hook in a way. Mm -hmm. It's like nothing's bad as those other people. Right. No, no, no. These ones we have over here are pretty damn bad. Let's call them out for what they are. This is what happens when you have, like, Christian extremists in positions of power using their power to hurt as many people as possible. That's kind of the running theme of all the decisions from the past couple of weeks. Well, I, I think the thing that, that the right has that the left doesn't and will never have because it's just not how it works is they have, like, a literal playbook that they're working from. What mm-hmm. was that thing called? Uh, Project Blitz is their legislative playbook. But like God, this... okay, I'm sorry. I, I know I'm going to do this every time you remind me that it's called Project Blitz for the rest of my <laughs> life, but do these people have a shred of self-awareness? Like, None. Do you know what the word blitz <laughs> brings up? And it's not football. Yeah. It's more German than that. <laughs> Go ahead. And the thing that really... I mean, all that stuff is upsetting enough. Mm. But the fact that so many Democratic leaders had nothing of use to say during all... I mean, first of all, you had two months to prepare because the leaked draft was pretty much the same as the final draft. And the fact that you're not using your power to push back in the most forceful way possible. And there are some... like. There are workarounds. There are ways to get Republicans on the books, like to say, at very least, like, okay, well, let's at least make sure exceptions for rape and incest. The the extreme examples, let's make sure that's legal across the country. Have a standalone vote on that. You could call that to get everyone on the record so that if some idiot says, nope, I'm fine with all that stuff, you got to force them to give birth. At least you can have something to run on, but they're not doing that, much less putting clinics on federal lands, much less making sure interstate travel to get an abortion is fine, much less saying, you know what, abortion pills can be mailed to you because the FDA says they're safe and Mm. no state can say for partisan reasons, we can't let you have a drug you need. Mm. They could totally say, okay, here's how you can access it within the first X number of weeks, and we're going to make sure it's easy for you to get that stuff. Or this is one theory I heard, like because of the Hyde Amendment, you can't use federal money to pay for an abortion. 
But you can totally argue that, well, you could use it to pay for them to go to another state and cover the costs because that's not the actual procedure. Like there are workarounds that if you were a smart Democrat who said, fine, if they're doing this, this is the power I have. It's not everything, but this is what I have access to. And it's only a handful of the most progressive Democrats making that push. Mm -hmm. And again, as we're taping this, like this morning, Joe Biden said, fine, I support a filibuster exception for uh, abortion rights. Like we could codify Roe. Yeah. He said that it's not going to happen because he doesn't have the numbers. But this is the thing that I thought about. Like, remember when Obama said he was finally for marriage equality? It's Mm -hmm. like, you probably were a long time ago, but you're finally saying it. Why did he do that whatever year it was before the Supreme Court ruling? It was because Joe Biden was asked in an interview as vice president, like, do you support marriage equality? And he's like, yeah, I think it should be legal. And it was seen as a gaffe. Like, Joe Biden, what are you doing? You're getting ahead of the president. You're saying something that's controversial in newsmaking, and now you're going to make people ask the president what he thinks about it. And the art, And the answer was like, guess what? He said he's for it too. And that gets the ball rolling. So it's like, okay, Joe Biden, what do you think we should do in response to abortion? If he says stuff, I know it doesn't mean that much if he doesn't put action or doesn't put any teeth behind it, but him saying it needs to be legalized. We need to get rid of the filibuster to pass Codify Roe nationwide for everybody. If he says it, it has the power to affect some change. Mm -hmm. He could use his bully pulpit to go to Arizona and talk shit about Kirsten Cinema mm-hmm. at the very least. He's not doing any of that because he's acting like Republicans are worthy of debate, like that these are normal people with different opinions, and they're not. And how long will it take if the Supreme Court, the decisions they made over the past couple of weeks, if that doesn't convince you these people cannot be reasoned with, mm-hmm then why are you treating them as if they are just good people on the other side of the aisle? Some of the Democrats recognize that's not a fair characterization. You cannot negotiate. I'm not saying terrorists. You cannot negotiate with people who do not want to compromise, who are coming at it from a different planet because they can't agree on facts. They just want to hurt you. Mm -hmm. You can't negotiate with that. And yet so many Democratic leaders refuse to admit that truth. I mean, I've seen so much AOC this week saying the right stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's not the only one. I'm not trying to throw other Democrats under the bus because they say it too and they don't get attention for it. But it's like, yeah, she's she's younger than us. Mm. It's like, you're the only one that seems to recognize what you're up against. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren did the same thing. Like, that's awesome. Plenty of other Democrats did too. But it's like, Yeah, we need more people in positions of power calling out this bullshit for what it is Mm -hmm. instead of acting like there's a compromise we can have here. No, Republicans aren't interested in talking with Democrats to form some common bond. They're using their power to make sure Democrats get no say. That's what the Supreme Court is. Mm -hmm. That's what they've been doing. They don't care what the dissenters say. They have the votes. I mean, the dissenters said this in some of their decisions, it's like they're doing this because they have the votes, mm-hmm. not because the law points them in that direction. Of course. That's what the uh, Republicans in the House would do if they took power, certainly the Senate. They've broadcast that for years. They've been doing it when they've been in power. You have to be an idiot to think these are people worthy of debate and negotiation and that you should work with them on anything. 
if they were smart, they would recognize that and say that Mm -hmm. so that it seeps into the culture more. Um, And yet the people who say that and admit the truth are like the alarmists, the extremists. Guess what? The extremists are always right on this stuff. They have been for a long time. Yeah, um, I just... uh... So... I guess my question is, how long are we going to kind of keep pretending that we're not? And now I understand that this is going to sound like very dramatic language, like as your, we don't know, negotiate a terrorist thing. But like, when can we acknowledge that we are being held hostage by a rapidly shrinking minority? We saw... To, and I really have been largely off Twitter and um, and Facebook for the most part, um, but but I saw shit. What was I just saying? That um, when are we going to recognize the truth? <laughs> when are people going to acknowledge what we're oh, actually yeah, yeah, up yeah. against? This, thank you. Something came down um, in I want to say Louisiana that some state dr- districts were drawn in a way that there's a racial gerrymander in Louisiana that takes away like a black congressperson. I think if I have the numbers right, a third of the population is black, but they only get one sixth of the congressional representation. Mm. They used to have two out of six Mm. congressmen, but they gerrymandered it to make sure black people have less of a say Mm -hmm. in who represents them. And a judge is like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So, I mean, so what, so, so what, so what now? And by the way, so the now? Supreme Court took up a case that would put all these sort of decisions in the hands of state legislatures, which in more than half the states in the country are completely run by Republicans, where they could say, yeah, we're just going to gerrymander this however we want. Oh, you lost the popular vote for the presidential election? Guess what? That's not how it works. In our state, we're just going to give the electors to the loser. It's 2004 the last popular vote the republicans won in the presidential yeah and then what before that was reagan second term uh george uh, hw yeah yeah interesting it's just interesting to me that i'm thinking about okay who are the who have the presidents been in my lifetime so reagan for a couple of years hw Mm -hmm. clinton for a while um W, which which, ironically was seen as a horrible, horrible person. And it's like, he was, but also... But if we only knew. (laughs) So I guess, okay, I I bring all of this up to say I am 36 years old. I am not a child. I am not a young person who can say like, well, in my whole life, blah, blah, blah. But in the time I've been alive, all... Of these men who have been putting justices onto the Supreme Court, most of them did not even have the vote of the most people in the country. Right. I mean, the people who lost the popular vote put five of the six justices Mm -hmm. on the Supreme Court who voted to overturn Roe. Wait, I want to see how many of them I can name. All of them except Clarence Thomas, who was H.W. Bush. Oh. Everyone else... Who voted to overturn Roe? I mean, if you want to argue George uh, W. Bush should not have been in office because mm-hmm. Al Gore should have won, mm-hmm. that's Alito and Roberts right there. Trump put the last three Honestly, on. Honestly, Alito, boy, oh boy. Fuck that guy, huh? You know what's weird? I was in college when uh, during most of the Bush 
first term anyway. But I went to protests in Chicago mm. against Roberts and Alito because, of course, they were insane. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing the same signs and stuff what you would, would see that have been? too long ago, early aughts. But it's like all that stuff was true then. People saw what was going to happen. They saw oh, it happening 20 years ago. Years. Yeah. And none of that has seeped in to the wider public because people still act. I mean, the fact that people treated Roberts in the uh, in the row opinion, mm. he's like, well, I wouldn't have gone this far. I would have just allowed Mississippi's like 15 week ban right. to stand. It's like that is not a moderate opinion that is extreme mm -hmm. you just happen to be surrounded by even crazier people mm -hmm. like roberts was always bad he was not a centrist he's not a moderate he's an extreme judge who's just there to do like republican bidding mm -hmm. and by and large that is what he's done with like a couple of exceptions mm -hmm. that people give him way too much credit for but this stuff like again people have been broadcasting what's going to happen for a long time they get called crazies. They get mm -hmm. called alarmists. And yet, oh, again, on issues like Roe, on issues like they're coming for marriage, they're coming for uh, gerrymandering, like they're going to ruin democracy. People have been saying that forever. And yet, how many news outlets, mm -hmm. TV outlets act like this is, no, come on, you're insane. We'll bring a Republican on to meet the press to talk to them about their yeah. thoughts as if their thoughts should have relevance. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to just, by the way, blanketly reserve the right to interrupt you and start monologuing whenever I so feel like this yeah. episode. Go for uh, it. <laughs> Permission granted. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Guess what we got to talk about? What? Jess's failed pregnancy. Because guess what? If these motherfuckers are going to try to dig into what women can or can know, you, yeah, you write, you scribble out <laughs> that time. He writes the time of when we're about to go on to a, a new subject. And once in a while, I just see him like scribble it out like, <laughs> no, she's not going to give me this. Um, so I was, okay, so for those of you who don't know, uh, I had been trying to get pregnant for a long time, found out I was pregnant uh, in like November 4th first and miscarried on thanksgiving 2020 so for many reasons thanksgiving 2020 was a joyous time for me personally <clears throat> so i started miscarrying um actually the day before thanksgiving and i was bleeding and i didn't know what it meant and i called somebody and they're like oh we're not sure um can you come in and take a test i was like fuck yeah i'll be right there um, and then I went in, but it was the Wednesday uh, before Thanksgiving. Um, and so I didn't get the test results until the following Monday. Oh, my God. So we are talking Wednesday, mm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of me not knowing if I was pregnant or not. Because the healthcare is set up as such that my OBGYN is not an emergency, right? Like it's, it's not an emergency. So I have to wait till business hours to find out if I am in fact still pregnant or can drink all of the wine in the house with a clear conscience. I also would like to talk about the first pregnancy scare I had, which was the first time I had sex. I was 21. It was a rape. It was all great. I'm sorry. I yelled rape when your children are asleep up here. Um, upstairs rather. Um, 
I got my period and then it stopped quickly. And because I truly had garbage sex education, and I went to like an okay school in fucking uh, in the Chicago suburbs. It was pretty liberal. I got some sex education, but I thought I was pregnant because my period stopped halfway through. And I keep thinking back to like I was twenty one. If I had been pregnant, I would now have how old am I? I would now have a fifteen year old, and I have the oh, I have three jobs I love, um, which is stupid. But like, if I got pregnant at twenty one and kept it, and and, and did not because I lived in Indiana at the time, so did not have the choice. Um, I, you know, maybe I'd be okay. Maybe I'd be happy, but like, I'm a professional writer and that's the dream I had as a kid. I'm teaching horseback riding lessons to disabled kids. And that is a thing I have loved to do. I do this dumb podcast and yell at you guys. Like the sum worth of a person's life should not come down to one boy who doesn't know what consent is in a girl's life. And even if I had gotten pregnant, given birth, adopted it, like, yeah, pregnancy is not, like, cool or fun (laughs) or easy or, I mean... And Jesus, the fucking healthcare we give mothers, like, prolapse uteruses all over the place that... I mean, God, look at... Okay, sorry, off the track. I'm just saying that pregnancy for the horrible moment that I thought I was pregnant when I was 21 and for the joyful moment when I was pregnant in 2020, um, in neither of those cases did I give a shit what my governor thought. As you shouldn't. Anyway, that's the end of that monologue. Oh, I'm going to keep talking. Okay. Well, here's the other thing that really um, I, I find very, very stressful. And this is something that's, that has impacted me personally, or not me personally, my friends personally. I, I was recently talking to, um, uh, when I was in Asheville, North Carolina, I was with a bunch of my girlfriends from Louisville. And we were all talking about, I was the only one from Illinois, so we were all talking about the you know relative merits of living in a blue state versus like a blue dot in a red state, you know? Um, And we're all talking about like the culture is really different in those blue dots, right? There is something really like ineffable about like all of the liberal people in all of North Carolina. We're like, we're all going to fucking Asheville. (laughs) Like there's something beautiful about that. And then I, um, like, who, God, my friend described Asheville as the, the city that hipsters built. Hmm. Um, And, but, but now I'm on the phone. I was on the phone with Leslie. This is a month after we had that conversation and she loves Louisville. She owns a house there and she talked to me and she's like, I think we're going to leave Kentucky. She just, uh, she's 32 years old. She cannot be in a state that doesn't protect her. And here's what's scary about that thought. A lot of young people are going to move to states where they can have some rights, yep. which only exacerbates the problem with like the Senate and mm-hmm. proportional representation. 
Uh, I think the joke was made online. Like, it's, we're heading to the point where Wyoming's going to have, like, a dozen people living in it, and they will still have two, two senators. Two senators, yeah. Um, and all the power that, like, California has yeah. with everyone else. And it's frustrating when it's, like, you can't, if you can't keep people in the blue dots, like, there's, in Illinois, there's a guy <laughs> who's the Republican candidate for governor now. Oh, yeah, who won? Uh, Bailey. But he just, mm. he's a mega Trump dude, but his whole thing is like trashing Chicago because that's the cool thing to do when you're downstate. It's I like, have sp- you know, you're running in a general election where like all of the population lives, is in Chicago. Right? Y'all, if you live in the greater Chicago land area, just take a trip up and down 294. And oh, I guess they're probably gone by now. But boy, oh boy, it was literally like a giant. It was this dude, I assume, and a giant uh, picture of Pritzker on like the billboards uh-huh. along 294. Just Pritzker's giant fucking face and like. Welcome to the crime capital of Illinois. <laughs> and it's like, you mean the second biggest city in the country? Yeah, yeah it's you definitely going to be next the- to Indiana where everyone gets the guns. <sighs> yeah. Okay, anyway, anyway, what were you talking about? Um, I'm going to jump to the other one of the other. Oh, wait, no, you're talking about whoever just uh, the, oh, yeah. the governor. His whole thing is right. like, I'm going to trash all the blue areas mm. in the state. Mm. They literally said, I think he said this. I don't want to say literally because I don't know if I'm quoting this accurately. But he said something like, you know, 75, 80 percent of the state lives outside of Chicago. That can't be it. And it's like, no, you're talking land. Like Chicago oh. is a small area. <laughs> Yeah, there are other parts of Illinois, but no one cares about land. Democracy isn't run by land. It doesn't matter that three of you live south of I-80 because 90% of the state lives in Chicago and the surrounding areas and stuff. So I don't get the strategy of I'm just going to shit on everyone who lives north of the state. It's like you're running a general election. What are you doing? But uh, that goes to your thing. Like if you can't even live in a blue dot in a red state... That means the good people who live in those blue dots are going to leave that state even worse so than it is, already is. This is definitely an argument I think you and I, or a discussion, I guess, uh, that I think you and I have had, um, and I've certainly had with with my friends in my non-recorded life. Um, like, there is such a an instinct to do, like, the Bugs Bunny thing and just, like, saw off the bottom half of the country and be like, fucking... <laughs> Just take yeah. the oh, South Texas, away you want from to me. Okay. Fine, I fucking yeah. dare you. <laughs> um, however, this absolutely neglects to take into account what we just talked about, how how these districts are ger- gerrymandered into oblivion. So it's not that everybody in Georgia is they just went yeah. blue. Alabama, Jackson, like, Mississippi, very blue, very blue. You're and you're gonna like, find places like that in every red state. And of course, and God, we we're just literally talking about North Carolina. And like, but I don't know what the answer is. That's the thing. It's like I see no. Well, there path are forward. answers. The answers involve passing these laws that would stop the stupid but shit. How do you get there? That's what yeah. I'm saying. How do we get to? We can pass a law. We yeah. haven't gotten there in like ten years. And that's the thing, like if you telling people to go vote is a solution, but they did that in the past, like they got Joe Biden in office. Now we need you to take the baton Mm -hmm. and do some shit and set fires to places. I can't keep wearing abortion shirts in public and having people give me dirty looks. I just can't (laughs) do it. I can't take that kind of responsibility on my shoulders. 
you can interject about this stuff anytime. I'm gonna I move, don't need your permission. I'm going to move on to the other case that I wanted to talk about, which is Oh, we're moving the, off. Okay. Uh, Supreme football. Court stuff? No, no, Oh, still no. in Oh. I have like five other court stories. Um, let's talk about Kennedy Bremerton. This is the football coach case. Um, I'll give you a brief recap. Can I say this yeah. one did shock me? This one, uh, I, the, the decision genuine, like to me, it felt so clear cut. So clear I cut. I thought there was a chance it could have gone the other way. And then when I saw the decision, I'm like, yeah, that tracks. Why did I let myself think otherwise? That was stupid. Hope is dumb. Um, this case involved Joe Kennedy, who was a, a assistant football coach at Bremerton High School in Washington, who prayed on the 50-yard line after games. He did this not privately, not quietly. It was a showboaty. He sent out press releases. He told the other team if they wanted to join him. Did it, like, in a way that every picture shows him with the mm. crowd of kids around him. And basically, the school said, you're making it look like we're the school. We're promoting what you're doing here because you're still on the clock. The game just ended. Mm. Um, so no, you can't do that. That's what this lawsuit was all about. And what the court basically, uh, argued, and by the way, I should say this lawsuit has been going on for like more than five years, I think. Um, and every single court, 2015 onward, every single court that has looked at this case has said what this coach is doing is clearly inappropriate. It cannot happen. The school district was right to take action against it and to warn him. Basically, the school said, You're, we're putting you on paid leave. And then he didn't sign up to renew his contract. And then he went around saying, they fired me, which they did not fire him. They said, you need to change what you're doing. And he's like, no. And they're like, fine, but then you gotta go, but if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna change what you're doing, you gotta go, but if you change it, here's the contract renewal. He's like, I'm not signing it. And then he walks around because saying, because you've oppressed me too hard. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm fired. Um, and every court's like, no, the, what the school did was perfectly fine, and so of course the Christian right's like, we gotta get this up to Clarence. That's the goal here. Get this to the Supreme Court. And so, I'm not gonna go through the legal history here, but bottom line, when this court ruled on this this past week, um, basically what struck me about Neil Gorsuch's majority opinion in all of this is the amount of lies contained in the entire thing, which goes back to the thing about the Roe decision, too. I'll give you an example. Here's the first sentence of what Neil Gorsuch wrote. Joseph Kennedy lost his job. No, he didn't as a high school football coach because he knelt at midfield after games to offer a quiet prayer of thanks. Okay, how many of those things are factually in incorrect? Yeah, he didn't lose his job, no. and it absolutely and it wasn't, quiet. wasn't quiet. But that's the myth. Um, There was a judge in a lower court who basically reamed out one of his colleagues who supported Joe Kennedy. Another judge said, we are not relooking at this case because it's basically built on this mountain of lies. Right. And you guys are perpetuating the lies. In fact, what is the, I want to make sure I get this right because it was so beautiful the way this guy um, put it. The thing he said, the right wing flank, mm -hmm. they have been uh, lured into a deceitful narrative of this case spun by the lawyers for Joe Kennedy. That narrative is false. 
he was never disciplined by the high school for offering silent private prayers. So that's one thing. Um, one of the things that I saw people are like in, in the dissent, Sonia Sotomayor wrote the dissent saying like, you can't do what this guy is doing. She included pictures of these supposed private prayers. And of course they're not private and they're not quiet. They are surrounded by kids, which I heard referred to as like some real queen shit. Like, Oh, Neil Gorsuch, you wrote this and this. Mm. I got pictures yeah. to back up I how you're lying. Seats. Is what the kids call it. She them has received. Neil Gorsuch included no pictures in what he was saying. Of course he didn't. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think are pic- our pictures were required parts of. Not dis- required, but she included them anyway just to show what a lying Is that sack a thing that ever happens? It's a, it happens. Has it? Oh, and just, when it does, I've it's never almost. never heard about it's that. It's almost always a, I know you're lying and I have the proof right oh, here. Oh, I like to imagine <laughs> Elena Kagan trying to figure out how to rotate a PDF so she can get that picture. <laughs> A thing Neil Gorsuch wrote is that, like, he wasn't trying to coerce anybody. He specifically said, this is Neil Gorsuch's opinion, Joe Kennedy has repeatedly stated that he never coerced, required, or asked any student to pray, and that he never told any student that it was important that they participate in any religious activity. The argument being... If you're mad at him because you think he's influencing kids with this, sure. he said, no, I'm not. I would never get mad at them if they don't. But that's like, you don't get to make that call. There were kids in the legal argument leading up to the Supreme Court. There were parents who said their kids did not appreciate this thing. They, they felt compelled to join in on the prayer. The court ignored that did anybody in this decision bring up the fact that it's a christian prayer and not a they said it didn't matter here's the argument neil gorsuch made did like did they because i guess i mean and as we always say what if a muslim you know at you know during ramadan brought his prayer rug into like fucking center field and prayed and neil gorsuch's argument they didn't say it explicitly great and i would love that that's pretty much what they said he said that right after a game Coaches are allowed to check their phones, talk to fans or family members in the stands. And this guy, Joe Kennedy, just wanted to go pray. If you allow coaches to do something that doesn't involve students directly, like checking their phones, you can't be mad when one guy wants to pray. That would be discriminatory. It's like when a coach is checking I their think phone. Neil Gorsuch is being a little intellectually dishonest mm-hmm. here. I think he knows the difference between somebody checking on a text message and somebody walking out into the middle of a football field under lights. Yeah. And when he praying. broadcasts in, in advance. And again, none of the majority opinion acknowledged. He didn't like a mic or anything, did he? Uh, no, he didn't. Okay. He did it like in the vicinity of everyone surrounding him. But um, they never acknowledge the fact that when an adult coach starts to pray and all these students are, like, in the vicinity, of course they're going to feel compelled to join in on the prayer because even if he doesn't say it, that you got to join me, there is the implicit uh, idea there that, like, if I want to stay on the coach's good side because Mm -hmm. I want playing time, because playing means more people will see me play, Mm -hmm. which could lead to more scholarship opportunities, whatever it is, you want to stay on the good side. And Mm -hmm. if you want to be a kid on the team who says, I'm not participating in this prayer, I want nothing to do with this prayer, and you walk out, even if the coach is like, I would be fine with that, you know... I don't know about you... 
would. Benefit, and do you I win the benefit of the out. doubt in that case? And also, and also, this case comes down to literally a grown ass man going, but I wanna. Yeah, and his and argument is this is... your country is like, yeah, you're right. You did want to. And he said, this is a part of my religious faith. I have a sincerely held religious belief that I got to pray at midfield. Like I have Jesus sincerely said, held belief Jesus that I said, own my I gotta, own uterus. So No, your beliefs don't count because, again, no Jesus involved. Jesus said everyone has to pray at the 50-yard line, not that prayer should be silent and not for people to watch, um, even though that is totally something he said. Um <sighs> The coercion was present. The dissenting three justices Listen, it's said that. a bad decision. There is no two ways decision. about it. Like, is there anything we don't know? Okay, is there so any what does this mean in we practice? We don't know it's a bad thing. What does this mean in practice? Here's my only... Here's what's amazing. Neil Gorsuch's opinion talked about this quiet prayer at midfield, which, by the way, if, if this coach at the end of a game just kind of walked quietly to midfield did his thing, mm-hmm. and then walked off, we wouldn't be having this argument right now because no one would give a shit about that. Here's the weird thing. Neil Gorsuch's whole argument rests on the idea that this coach did a actually quiet, private prayer at midfield, which means if another coach in another state in the future decides to do exactly what this guy did, create a spectacle at midfield after a game, if if the question is, well, is that legal or not? Right. We actually don't have an answer to that because Neil they, Gorsuch didn't address the reality yeah. of what happened. He, he addressed some fictional, weird. Well, it was a really political world. thing. It was, you know, people say answer the question you wanted them to ask, not the one they did ask. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going to give the ruling on the case that I won to come to me, not right. the one that's actually in front of so me. So the Christian rights, like, we won, we can pray, and it's like, actually, I don't think you can based on the opinion yeah. they gave you. But okay, what can, can happen I- as a result of this ruling? The closest analogy I could think of, because this does not mean coaches can lead prayers in the locker room. does not mean that. No yeah. one is saying it does. Teachers cannot lead students in prayer. I would say no prayer. one's well, saying it does. People who know what they're talking about are not saying that. Teachers <laughs> cannot lead prayers in the classroom. But I was thinking, what's the closest analogy to what Neil Gorsuch thinks was happening? Mm. And it might be that like the five, seven-minute passing periods between classes, mm-hmm. if a teacher said, you know, I have a class second period i have a class in the same room third period and i have this short passing period i'm just gonna read the bible to myself and do a little prayer i'm not asking kids to join in uh it's a period when they're doing other things i'm just gonna do this right here where everyone can see me i think that is arguably the an analog to what gorsuch said is now legal which again if you're a student and you've always been legal like there's nothing to say a, a teacher can't read a Bible in class. Like, they can, in but class, when they but do like, it overtly. No, 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 but that's not what I'm saying. To, yeah. That's not what I'm saying. Could a Again. teacher read the Bible on their own time? Yeah, you used to be a teacher. During lunch, sure. Read whatever the fuck when you want. When the kids are not in the room, of course you can. Do whatever you want on your own time, Like with even within the parameters of the school day. But the second kids are there, and you're on the clock because you're supposed to be watching them because it's the period or whatever. Know. Wait, hold on. I want to yeah. push back on this. I yeah. don't know how I feel about this. Because I'm thinking, okay, I'm okay. I'm thinking of uh, my brother when he was. Oh, he's still a teacher. Is a teacher again, rather. He spent a lot of time doing testing. 
right? Standardized mm-hmm. testing is mm-hmm. a huge part of teaching high school these days. Um, and so there were many days that he was just monitoring testing, right? So that's however many hours of just sitting in a quiet classroom. So he would bring in books to read and things like that. So in so that's the scenario I have in my mind. So if I, you know, we're taking standardized tests and my teacher's sitting in the front and he like pulls out his Bible mm-hmm. and is just reading. And I want to be very, very, very clear about this. Is just reading it yeah. quietly, maybe highlighting. If he's some allowed shit. to read anything, right. And he happens to pick the Bible. That's fine. That would have been fine, probably. Okay. Yeah. But you're saying, of course, this never happens. But Correct. I, right? Because of course, anytime, not of. Uh, but you now, know, most if there's times a little when... wink, wink, nudge, nudge that goes with it, yeah, I feared that. I mean, uh, Ellie Mistel, who is a correspondent for the Nation, who writes about law, he's fantastic. Um, this is the yeah, way he summarized a lot of stuff. Um, and I want to read this because it's really important. There is no meaningful check anymore on whether conservatives will allow religious concerns to supersede secular laws. Can businesses run by religious people deny health care to women? Yes, according to Burwell, uh, Burwell v. Hobby Lobby stores. Mm-hmm. Can religious schools use public funds to upgrade their school playgrounds? Yes, mm-hmm. according to Trinity Lutheran. Can the state be forced to give scholarship aid to students attending religious education? Yes, according to uh, Espinoza. Can religious organizations or institutions get state funds to discriminate against LGBTQ couples in adoption services? Yes, according to Fulton. Can houses of worship ignore occupancy restrictions during a pandemic? Yes, according to uh, Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn. And now the Supreme Court has ruled that taxpayer funds must be used to pay for tuition at religious schools if the state also makes taxpayer dollars available for private non-sectarian schools. He was referring to a different case we talked about last week, Carson uh, v. Mackin. The point is, at every turn here, if religious schools, if religious institutions, almost always Christian ones, want to subvert the law, Mm -hmm. and they just say, well, my religion says I can do it, this court has said, yeah, I guess you can do it. And it's a fair question. Would they do it if it was a Muslim? Guess what? Muslims don't pull this sort of shit. Right. So, like, we don't know. They say, of course it would apply to them. But, again, it's easy to say that when you know Christians are the one who are going to, uh, conservative Christians, are the types of people who are going to pull this sort of shit. I'm texting um, a close friend of mine who's Muslim because I just want to know where she had to pray when uh, when she was in high school. Because I remember, you know, I grew up in, uh, in Burridge. I went to Hinsdale South High School. And there is a significant... Um, um, Muslim and Hindu, Hindu popu- population in that area, especially. So Ramadan was something that was we are always it kind of like my mom grew up in Rochester, New York, but she knows she's Catholic or grew up Catholic, but knows when all the Jewish holidays are because she went to a Jew- Jewish school because that was a popular like that's kind of how I felt about about Hinsdale South. I'm like I just know when all the Muslim holidays are because all of my friends need to worry about them anyway. All that's to say is I remember. When Ramadan came around and people would have to fast during the day and and often pray, and they had to put in a little mat in my Mm -hmm. theater teacher's office, which is about the size of this table that we're sitting at, and close the door while another class was happening and, like, pray to themselves as to n- because usually schools will make those accommodations without a problem. I mean, this was also in 2002. So like take Even that. Then, I, mm, yeah. I, so, I would be surprised if they had trouble finding it. Usually schools are accommodating of it. 
I want to jump to one other uh, point, though, regarding that case I just mentioned, the main one from last week that said, like, Maine offers this voucher program to make sure kids living in rural parts of the state can still access public education for free. Sure. And they say, if there is no public school next to you, we will pay for you to go to a private school, mm-hmm. um, even if it's religious, as long as it teaches you secular stuff, you know? And this whole and is lawsuit... There, is there a cut and dried uh, line d- that delineates the difference between, like, a Christian school and one that... Te- I think that by and large, if they're saying, look, we happen to be a Methodist run school, but we're still teaching you the history. And by the way, okay. we might pray in the morning, gotcha. but we still teach you the right history and science. The state of Maine was like, yeah, we're fine with that. Right. This case was about, well, what about the schools that teach creationism and like won't hire gay people? Mm-hmm. And Maine said, we don't want to pay for that because that is religious indoctrination. That was the case. Mm -hmm. The Supreme Court said last week, no, you still got to pay for that shit, too. But here's what I found really surprising. Um, The state of Maine actually anticipated that the court was going to pull this shit. And so they actually changed the law. Even so, even as the Supreme Court decision came down, guess what the effect will be in Maine? The answer is it may not have any effect in Maine, and here's why. Because the rules said, like, okay, it can be a private school, but here's the rules and stuff. Mm-hmm. You still got to teach the following stuff, whatever. And the school said, well, we're not going to hire gay people. We're going to teach creationism. We still want the taxpayer dollars. And the Supreme Court is like, oh, my and God, of course, Supreme I'm so sorry. Supreme I'm so Court said, sorry yes. we inconvenienced you. But the state of Maine changed the law. Um, it actually went into effect, I believe, this past summer that actually says... Instead of the previous law, which said it bans money from going to, like, explicitly sectarian religious schools, Mm -hmm. that's the thing that the Supreme Court overturned, Mm -hmm. they changed the law to say, well, we won't give any taxpayer dollars to any school that discriminates against people or teachers based on gender identity or sexual orientation. Can I ask you? And so, hang on. So, So, basically, they're saying if any school wants money from us... They cannot be bigots. So now, if you're the Christian schools that just won the Supreme Court case, Mm -hmm. you now have an option. Do you still want the taxpayer-funded money that you now have access to because of the Supreme Court, but you would have to change your rules and not be assholes, Mm. or does your bigotry really mean a lot to you? And during the oral arguments, the school said, we are not changing anything we're doing we just feel like you got to give us the taxpayer dollars. We and the wanna. Supreme Court said yes. It's another one of, I want to. But in, this, in a sense now, Maine has kind of forced their hand because now they really mm. do have to decide. And the odds are they would much rather continue to be bigots. Oh, I was going to guess the opposite. No, they are not, they're not going to say. I was just going to think that money talks, especially when... I don't think they needed the tuition dollars, mm. in a sense. So oh, I think, you think they're just fully trolling the entire yes, country? it's the Republican way. So I think they're just going to be like, well, we still want to discriminate against gay people, so, all right, I guess... The, like, Maine lawmakers knew this Supreme Court was going to do the wrong thing. They anticipated it. They passed a law... Guess what? The Supreme Court's decision that literally affected Maine mm-hmm. no longer applies. Now, hmm. the idea behind the law could apply to other states in similar situations. But I literally, after I saw that in Illinois, they have a voucher program. Not exactly what Maine is like, mm-hmm. but it's a one that says you could give money to like private Christian schools. And that's frustrating. And like that's why voucher programs are bad. Yeah. 
I dashed off a letter to my state senator saying, hey, I wanted you to include a provision Mm. that says no money will go to discriminatory schools of any kind. Mm -hmm. Like, do what they did in Maine. I haven't gotten a response yet. But, Uh, like, there are some states where that's a possibility. I have a legal question that I don't know if you know the answer to. I am a lawyer. So, (laughs) by osmosis. Um, But, okay, so we know that... Christ, that joke just sent me off the rails. Okay, so we know that these Christian schools hold the right, legally so, to say we won't hire an LGBTQ Yeah, it's a private person. Christian school. Private They're Christian allowed to school. set their standards and when is, it comes to hiring. Does that... Or accepting does, students. Does that cover all protected classes? So could a Christian school be like, we don't want your wheelchair in here? Um, I haven't seen that in practice. I'm not asking if it happened in practice. um, I'm asking what the restrictions are, if any, of discrimination by Christian schools. I feel like there has to be some acknowledged, like, biblical justification here. You can't just say, like, well, at our school, we don't hire black people. It's like, this is based on what? Like, because you can't point to churches that are doing this. There there aren't churches like that for real. Like, not Sure, but I'm just... Okay, so... I this, don't think they could just say, like, nope, we don't do uh, anyone with a disability. We don't do people of this ethnicity or that one because Jesus so said no. So push comes to shove. So a yeah. dude comes in um, to be a teacher, uh, an English teacher, mm-hmm. who's in a wheelchair, right? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Not that's it. But, like, he's not a gym teacher. He doesn't yeah. have to he's be ambulatory teaching. for any reason. Mm-hmm. Like it is fully within his his scope of his work that he can do so in a wheelchair, yeah. of course. If he, you know, he gets a third round, for whatever reason, does not get the job in a way that people think, I think I should have gotten that job were I not black, mm-hmm. a woman, pregnant, et cetera. Would there be legal recourse for him? So... Our Lady of Peace in I have no Hinsdale idea. I have no or whatever. Idea. They won't hire this guy because mm-hmm. he's in a wheelchair. They cannot hire somebody who's queer, even though that's, right, a protected class at this yeah. point. Is LGBTQ is protected? Where? In, under the Constitution. Or like in, like under in the Maine? In the country. Oh, is, God, no. Wait, being queer isn't a protected class? Like of, like, you like you can't discriminate the against somebody on the... hasn't passed... But there's, you can't, there's definitely, like, if I'm hiring, I cannot be discriminatory on your race, religion, creed, sexuality, blah, blah, blah. That's, like, codified somewhere, right? It's a protected class, right? I'm not making this up. Yeah, but I don't think gender identity or sexual orientation is the case nationwide. They've been pushing Biden to do that and to get the Senate to do that. Um, I don't believe that is passed nationwide, which means if you're in a state that like that doesn't include that on the list then fair game you can be discriminated against and i think that's why people are trying to get the equality act pushed and passed hasn't happened huh while you are looking that up i'm going to jump to a totally different story yeah scotus lgbtq protected class under civil rights act of 1964 okay Okay, so my, my argument still holds water then. So so queer people are in a protected class under the non-discrimination, the civil rights lawsuit in 1964, right? You've, They're not. This is... SCOTUS, LGBTQ... Wait, hold on. You look that up. I'm going to look it up. You talk. I don't think that's right. 
I'll just delete this. If In a landmark whatever. decision issued yesterday, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that Title VII, took me a second to read those mm-hmm. Roman numerals, uh, of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 prohibits workplace discrimination against gay, lesbian, and transgender people. In what type of position? Um, Man, uh, you're asking me something I two, didn't Okay, so the case involved uh, consolidated lawsuits filed by two gay persons fired due to their sexual orientation and a transgender woman fired after revealing plans to transition. The employers in the Trump administration argued that Congress did not intend for Title VII to protect queer persons and the term sex did not cover gay and transgender right. And a 6-3 opinion authored by Neil Gorsuch... Um, an employer who fires an individual for being homosexual or transgender fires that person for traits or actions that would not have questioned in members of a different sex. Okay. So you can't get fired for being gay the way you can't get fired for being black or get, can't get fired for being Muslim or can't get fired for being in a wheelchair. Right. Are we on the same page there? I have no idea what we're talking about anymore. The 1964 civil rights act. Yes. Do you know about the 1964 civil rights act? Heard of it, but I don't, I don't think it protects Gay people, trans people across the board nationwide. I think you're wrong. But anyway, okay, okay, continue then. We will skip this. Don't write us letters. I don't know the answer to or, that And one. if I'm right, do write us letters. <laughs> um, let me jump to um, this lawsuit that a bunch of you emailed me about. Okay. Guys, we were busy this week. Don't <laughs> email Hemet. Don't. Yeah, don't. Just don't email. <laughs> okay. A bunch of you emailed me this story because you saw this and like, here's the, this has nothing to do with the Supreme Court yet. Oh, thank Christ. I know, right? Um, There are two (sighs) people who worked for this like heating, plumbing, air conditioning company in North Carolina. Just a local business owned by some dude. um, And it's called uh, Aurora Pro Services. Okay. Uh, That's the name of this place in North Carolina. Two people, John Magaha, who's an atheist, and Mackenzie Saunders, who's an agnostic, they both worked for this company Mm -hmm. in the past couple of years Mm -hmm. at different periods of time. Both of them were basically fired. And why were they fired? Because they said the boss started holding these daily prayer meetings. No. That they just were like, I don't want to participate in this. I don't believe in this stuff. And the boss is like, yeah, you do. Can you tell me the size of this company? Like, is it small? Is it, we're talking, I so think, is the 15 boss the owner people. of the company? Yeah. Okay. Um, right, I think there's the only like 12 to 15 people okay. in the company. So, so it's not a middle manager. This is no, the owner of the company. Yeah, owner of the company. These are, And these are uh, services that ran like these daily prayer meetings go anywhere from like 10 minutes, but then they started getting longer and longer to the point where some of them were over an hour. No. Yeah. Uh, like you think and I Zoom hate meetings. regular meetings. Oh, we both did the same joke. Yeah. Good for us. You think those are bad. <laughs> so they said um, at these meetings, not only would they pray, uh-huh. um, they would read from the Bible. There were prayer requests that called out poor performing employees Fuck by name. Fuck you. You didn't. <gasps> yeah. yeah. It was bad. Oh, at one boy. point, they asked the atheist guy to lead one of the prayers. And he's like, no. Then he has to be, can, he's asked the boss, can I just leave during the parts where you're like explicitly promoting religion because not my jam? Yeah. And they said no. And then they cut his pay from $800 a week to $400 a week. Significant cut right there. Someone call that a uh, cut in half. Yeah. And then he got fired. Um, for okay, doesn't yeah. matter. I'll just listen and then to you. the other woman. Uh, they said uh, they just fired him, and he's like, "But my job performance ratings have been fine 
And they're like, doesn't matter, okay, you're fired. So this is the wild thing when I hear about things like this. I have been a manager, a middle manager, like one of the bad ones, many, many, many times. Not many times, a couple times. Anyway, uh, if you suspect that one of your employees is underperforming, you have to map out every conversation you have, every email you sent to the person outlining exactly what they did incorrectly, what they do need to do to fix. It was like th- the fear of God was put into us of like everything needs to be documented because if this person comes or comes back and says they fired me because I was gay, we need to have our shit in order to prove that we fired them for just cause. Um. So I guess all that's to say is I am... I I guess it's the same thing as like Democrats versus Republicans of like, I really tried to do the right thing because I believe that's the right thing to do. And the Republicans are like, literally, fuck you. We want to do whatever we want, no matter what. And like, I feel like that's how we end up with these things, right? If like somebody just like shit can somebody, 90% of the people, 95% of the people don't even try to press back on why they were fired. And so they get away with it. And then like, I I just know that the system is stacked and I know it's always going to defer for, to to those in power and those with wealth um and those who are affluent. Um but golly, I thought there would be more people who were actually fighting for the quote-unquote little people. I don't know, you guys. I'm not doing great, but haven't brought me okay wine. Are you done with whatever you had to look up? No, I'm still. Looking what are you looking up? up? Many things. Okay, all right. So Do you in want me to keep vamping? Case, I can keep vamping if you need me to. Those two people, the atheist and the agnostics, uh, and the agnostic woman who got fired. She was fired, by the way. She was just told she was not a good fit, even though she made the same request as this other dude. Um, they're basically arguing Civil Rights Act prohibits religious discrimination. This is clearly religious discrimination. Right. Um, and they're actually, it's not just two random people filing this lawsuit. It's the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, like the government's filing oh, this lawsuit dang. on their behalf. Um, I mean, should this be a clear cut case? Yeah, it looks like it, unless they're disputing all these stories. Right. But I mean, one of the things that struck me is, all those people who are like, religious freedom matters. Like, we would never do this if the shoe were on the other foot. It's like, well, here's a Christian boss pushing his faith on his employees in a job that has nothing to do with religion. Mm-hmm. If the employees are just saying, well, I don't want to participate in it. Can I just leave? You would think that's a pretty easy case to say, yeah, they don't have to join in. Mm-hmm. And of course, the that's what this lawsuit's all about. So, like, where are all those people who are like, kids don't have to participate in the prayer with the coach? You would think they'd be like, well, of course the Christian boss is in the wrong in this case. Right. I did not hear any of those cases here. By the way, the irony is that if you look up this company, Aurora Pro Services Online, their website says, we're a place where we only have a few rules, but we take them very seriously. One of oh, them boy. is, we believe you should feel respected and we believe you should be listened to. They're talking about the customers 
apparently it doesn't apply not their to the employees. employees. Yeah. Boy, you can tell companies that pick their companies or their customers over their employees every time and boy it shows. See, every chain restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Um I was going to say looking at the equality act thing we were just talking about, yeah. it would expand the civil rights laws to protect them from discrimination in employment, housing, credit, jury service, federally funded programs. It would go much further always- than the thing you mentioned which was the Supreme Court case that extended it in some cases. Oh. The equality act would go further and actually protect them okay. in the law. But did codified. My point stand that at present, LGBTQ plus I, people are a protected class. In I don't want to si- answer that because I don't know the answer. God damn it, Hammond. Yeah, I was talking so long while you Googled. I like all know. your job is is Googling things. I don't if understand you where let you're me bad know at. This stuff beforehand. <laughs> no, I man, can spontaneity. It. Um, Here's an okay. Since we're talking about the court, I don't want to. Do you want to keep digging into that? I have other things no, I can I say totally if you need don't. me to. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm moving That's on fine. to this How other one. How long have we been recording? Uh, seven and a half hours. Great. Okay, here's another case the Supreme Court touched on. They actually did the right thing in this instance. Mm, this case is fascinating. It. Okay, there is a Christian ministry. Uh, it used to be called Truth in Action. Then it was called uh, by its founders named D, as in dog, D, James Kennedy Ministries. Mm. And now I think it's called Coral Ridge Ministries. It's all the same. As a marketing professional, it's a really good sign when something rebrands itself many, many times over. It means everything's going great. (laughs) So we'll call this Coral Ridge Ministries now. In 2010, the Southern Poverty Law Center listed them as an anti-LGBTQ hate group. And they don't just, I mean, listen, there are critiques and criticisms you can have of the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh-huh. But in terms of like their hate group list, That's they document this shit. Yeah. So you could look at it and say like, are they going after the evangelical church down the street mm-hmm. for saying, you know, homosexuality is a sin? No, they don't do that. They never oh. do that. They say you're an anti-LGBTQ hate group if you're explicitly like spreading harmful lies about gay people. And Wait, I will I'm tell sorry, you in I a second. I think I need your yeah. help too. So, yeah. so the Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center, which for a long time has yeah. had its like list hate of group. Hate, hate group yeah. watch list, right? And you're saying that... If the, you're on the anti-LGBTQ hate group list, uh-huh. it is not because you are a religious church, a, a Christian church that says... Okay. The Catholic Church, for example, says trans people don't exist. Sure. Treats them like... Nope, they don't. I've never met they them. They're ghosts. Nothing. They say homosexual sex is a sin. It's it's an okay. unforgivable sin, right? Um, we know the Catholic Church, the Vatican, the hierarchy is, all is bigoted against sex unforgivable, stuff. or yes. is it just between two men? Nope, it's all. It, it's sodomy. I mean, huh. that's the Catholic Church's they're stance on out. this stuff. Gross. So again, you would think, okay, well, if they're just going after anyone who's anti-gay, surely the Catholic Church or the evangelical megachurch next door would be on the list. No, none of those places I are on the list. Mean. They're specifically looking at Who's actually, this isn't about opinion. We don't care if your religious beliefs say something is wrong. Uh We're going after people who say, like, gay people spread diseases and stuff like that. That is not based in reality. They're looking at harm and lies that these groups are spreading. That's how you make it on the list. So, in 2010, they put Coral Ridge Ministries on that list. And I'll get to why they did that in a second. But the ministry in 2017 sued the Southern Poverty Law Center, basically saying, you're putting us on this list, you're calling us a hate group, has hurt us 
so much. And we're saying that's defamation. How dare you do that? We're coming back at you. I'm actually surprised that's never happened before. Yeah. In this case, they said. It must have. It must have. They said, like, they also sued Amazon because Amazon has a program where, like, every portion of a purchase through Amazon Smile, like, a portion of your purchase can go to a charity of your choice. But hate groups are not allowed in that program. And so they're like, sure. we can't participate Hit them where in it. it hurts in their revenue. Yeah. GuideStar, which is a website that's like a charity the nonprofit. Yelp. Yeah. Um, GuideStar at one point put a little disclaimer on their pages for your charity if you happen to be on the hate group list. Like, <laughs> hey, readers, this group happens to be on the hate group list. We thought you should know that. They later got rid of it after a lot of backlash, which I disagree with, but whatever. So... Coral Ridge Ministries is saying this hate group designation hurts us. You can't say it. It's unfair. You're discriminating against us. Mm. And they said... So unfair. uh, This is from their lawsuit. The basis for the declaration that the ministry is a hate group is that the ministry espouses and supports biblical morals and principles concerning Mm. human sexuality. Um, The SBLC knows that its publication of its claims that we're a hate group um, are false and that these publications defame the ministry. So the question is, well, why so, okay, did they put them on the What were their claims? They said what specific claims are false? That were homophobic? They said the claim that we're a hate group. At a hate group. Yeah. Is there a legal definition of a hate group? There is not. Interesting. So that does not the, give them a ton of standing, does it? Well, so here's what the Southern Poverty Law Center said okay. on their original website. Why are we calling out these groups instead of other ones? Mm. I'm quoting here. Many of these leaders have engaged in the crudest type of name calling, describing LGBTQ people as perverts Mm. with filthy habits who seek to snatch the children of straight parents and convert them to gay sex. That probably is actually true. Uh, Lee (laughs) and Amanda have have a huge plan about it. (laughs) They have disseminated disparaging, quote, facts Mm. about gays that are simply untrue. Assertions that are remarkably reminiscent of the way white intellectuals and scientists once wrote about the bestial black man and his supposedly threatening sexuality. So they're spreading lies about LGBTQ people. Mm. That's the problem. That's what it took to get you on this list. So what did D. James Kennedy Ministries at the time, Mm. now Coral Ridge Ministries, what did they do? Well, their founder, D. James Kennedy, over the years, Kennedy emphasized anti-gay rhetoric, particularly in his TV ministry. He recommended as essential the virulent work of a guy named R.J. Rush Dooney, who believed practicing gays should be executed. Mm. In an especially nasty 1989 edition of one of their newsletters, Kennedy ran photos of children along with the tagline, sex with children, question mark? Homosexuals say yes. Excuse me? That's what this ministry did. Homosexuals say yes. Yeah. Listen, All I went to them, the last apparently. homosexuals conference and um, it was really, I was lucky that I got brought in because I'm a straight, but boy, oh boy, did they vote a ton about children and churches and mm-hmm. they're really worried about all those things. Basically, all queer people are doing is trying to fuck over Christians. Mm-hmm. So this guy is vigilant. So. They filed a lawsuit against the Southern Poverty Law Center. Southern Poverty Law Center's website said, we're not just randomly putting you on here. It's because you do some horrible, <laughs> horrible things. This was an we algorithmic doc- mistake. We documented it. Yeah. You could see it for ourselves. Like, 
We're not randomly trying to attack you here. Mm. And by the way, lower court said, yeah, there's no defamation happening here. The appellate court unanimously said, yeah, there's no actual malice taking place. And if it's defamation, you got to basically say they knew they were lying and they did it anyway. That's actual malice. Yeah, def- I mean, and, and like saying that somebody has been defamed, like a defamation lawsuit is, Lord, we all learn, like that means that. You have to show they knew they were lying. Yep. And they did it anyway. That's mm-hmm. defamation. It's a high standard to mm-hmm. meet. It's really hard. It's to really prove defamation. very hard. It's very, very hard. Yes. So then they appealed to the Supreme Court. And this is where it got sh- this scary. This is my favorite ending to every story you've I told know. me. I know. It's the theme. So, like, the, the scary thing is Brett oh. Kavanaugh got his weird <laughs> sticky hands all over it. Right? So it's like, oh no. Are they going to take up this case? What are they going to do? Mm. Be- and by the way, who was really interested in this? Like conservatives in general really wanted them to take up this case because their hope, it it wasn't really about, will this ministry win its case? Mm -hmm. The question was, could you get the Supreme Court to say the actual malice standard for defamation is unfair and unconstitutional and lower the bar so that, because if they lowered the bar and said, what is defamation? Anything right that now, hurts my feelings. Yeah. Like, that's what the court could have done, which conservatives really wanted because they really want to sue the New York Times. Because mm. every time you have, like, a mainstream media outlet write about some insane conservative person, right. they're like, well, how dare you say this about me? Because it's a fact. Because you actually did this shit. I think there's an interesting disconnect of, of dumb people in the in the public sphere who do not understand the difference between defin- defamation and just repeating what you said or saying Sarah the things Palin you believe. Sued the New York Times, saying like they drew a picture with a target in like her, uh, basically insinuating she was responsible for like the shooting of Gabby Giffords way back when, and she said the New York Times defamed me. And I think, if I have this right, I don't have it in front of me, the court basically said, there's no evidence that the New York Times knew what they were doing here was purposely going to hurt you, and then they did it anyway. They did not defame you. So they need intent. They need intent, I yeah. see, I see, and it's I like see. They didn't, there's no proof. No one is suggesting they have any intent of trying to do anything wrong. We can argue that it was a bad decision. Sure. And that's a legit argument to have. Uh-huh. But defamation requires a higher standard. Mm-hmm. You didn't get there, Sarah Palin. So that's why people wanted to see the court take up this case mm. so that the court could lower the standard for defamation and actual malice. And the good news, if anything, is the court just said we're not going to hear the case. So okay. the earlier decisions stand. Um, and I should say the one person who it was sometimes the Supreme Court says we're not going to hear a case and they just say, here's a list of cases we're listening to. And mm-hmm. here's a long list of cases you all wanted us to hear. No. 90% of which are insane. Yeah. Um, we're just not going to listen to them. And they just release the list. Sometimes a couple of the judges will say like, we really should have listened to this one, but I was outnumbered. And in this case, Clarence Thomas and oh. him alone wrote a little dissent saying we should have taken up this case. He said the actual malice standard needs to be revisited because he really wants to go after mainstream news outlets. But apparently he's the only one who signed on to that. He's the only one who wrote that. But man, that's not, that doesn't look good for the future. Okay. 
If you had to punch one person in the face, <laughs> would it be Clarence Thomas or or uh, or, or Susan Collins? Oh, right. I'll think about it. Okay, and I want to be clear: I'm not advocating violence. <laughs> I do not believe in violence. It's a hypothetical mind thing. So, like, fucking chill out, TSA. TSA? That's not it. That's not even NSA. close. NSA? NSA? No. What's the one that taps your phone lines? Oh, no, that would be NSA. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Hammett. You can't just think I'm wrong Fine. all the time. Of all weeks, of all weeks, you need to give me the benefit <laughs> of the doubt tonight. All right, last one. I'll end on a happier note. Wait, hold on. I, okay, wow. you know what? You Whatever. What? No, what? I had a flow, sh- a flow chart about how... Um, you know how what? conservative Podcasts people love harm. Flow me. <laughs> oh, <right>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> how conservative people all throughout history have not only like actively like suppressed people, but also like low key undermined them. For example, um, the whole you know the black stereotype of watermelon and fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, that was because a bunch like when black people were like having a pretty cool life they lived in the south where the things you can eat are watermelon and like fried chicken that you can bring on a picnic and it will still hold up and they were there was just this like effort that was so obsessed with not just like trying to you know make black people whatever they thought they should be you know this is right after they were the the um right after slavery is ended excuse me so what they would do is just constantly undermine them and make sure that anything this group of people likes is bad. So black people like watermelon. That's trash. Black people like fried chicken. That's trash. Gay people talk with a lisp. That's trash. So it's not always like this just this sort of nefarious nature of trying to undermine minority groups is, uh, I would say, not always and often rarely... Uh, them saying gay people are bad. It's more, let's mock effeminate men because mm. that is something that we can grab onto. That's not gay people writ large, but we're definitely going to single out some like effeminate men. And so I just think we should always like keep our heads on a swivel for things like that of like find the next. Yeah. Anyway, I post a lot of videos of these Christian hate creatures and I think it's a legit thing to call them. Because they are not saying what a Catholic priest would say. Homosexuality is a sin. Being transgender is wrong. That's what the church would say. These guys specifically spread lies mm. about gay people and then just run with it. Like in their minds, I mean, there is no world in which a gay person could be a decent human being. Mm-hmm. And they say that in various ways. It's troubling to me how they can say that. And then in some cases still have YouTube platforms and still be on Twitter or social media, like run by companies that explicitly have policies against that sort of thing. Um, But I think people should know what these people say when they think they're justified by the Bible and saying it. Um, I'm going to jump. Okay. Last story for me. Are we going to hit two hours? uh, Probably. Uh, Here's some happy news. Australia has a census every five years. Oh. And they just released their data this week from 2021. So, again, if you're a data Excuse nerd, me, the Australians do their censuses yeah. on the, fir- like, the tw- yeah, 2021, yeah, yeah. 2031. It's Australia. Australia. They, you guys. Listen, when you live upside down. <laughs> All the blood is rushed to yeah. their head and the kangaroos are jumping on them and yes, koalas. It's called science. <laughs> so they released the first batch of data from 2021. And, again, it's if you're a data geek and you like following trends and you want to know. Like, Hypothetically, this is, if anybody this at this is, table were a data geek. No one would know. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> 
Okay, tell so me. So it's very interesting. Tell me what the geeky shit says. Yes, the geeky shit said there has been a remarkable rise in people professing no religion. Um, in 2011, the no religion crowd was about 22% of the population. Five years ago, when they did it again, it was... I want to make sure I have the number. Wait, you said 2011 was the... Oh, is the last number you said? Okay. Yeah, 2011, it was 22%. And it is now, uh, where? I lost my Oh, Hammond. I had it right in front of me, too. Okay, so so Australia's gotten more religious. Is that kind of the end of this? Um, Australia's gotten less religious. So here's the number. They are now at 38.9%. Non-religious. Holy shit, yeah. that's a high number. Again, they went from 22% a decade ago to 39% They almost doubled now. their percent. Okay. Right? Yeah. Wow. Okay, Australia, I knew I liked you. Um, um, Christianity, by the way, which mm-hmm. is still the number one religion in the country, 44%. It's not a huge difference. And if you look at the Wait, graph. Wait, so, I'm sorry, you said 40 what percent was? Uh, 44%. No, no, it was uh, non-religious? Non-religious, 39 Okay, so, so we're... And if you look at the graphs... We've got a horse we're race going. Christians going down, down, down. Yeah. Even though they're still at the top, it's going down. And the non-religious is like the hockey stick going up. Sure. Okay, here's my question. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to be very clear that I am not here to be like, okay, well, if we sacrifice some people for the next two years, are we going to win the next election? I, that yeah, is not yeah. a thing I want to think about or do. Yeah. However... Do is there uh, data in Australia that supports that? Because they were pretty conservative for the last few years, right? A few They've real been cons- shifting. Yeah. I mean, their prime minister was a conservative right. dude who was, just got ousted. Yeah, because a different party won their parliament. I guess the seats. question I'm asking is like, did um, bad people in power gin up the vote? And help a whatever the Australian version of a blue wave, a kangaroo wave. Um, like, is that the the sense of it, or is it just? You have a couple things. You have a long-standing trend away from organized religion, mm-hmm. but just if you look at the past several years alone, at least since the last census, um, marriage equality has been legalized in Australia. Mm-hmm. That happened within the last five years. Yeah, um, they have seen controversies regarding euthanasia and abortion rights with the conservative side losing both of those battles. Hmm. There have been scandals involving Christian preachers, involving uh, Brian Houston of Hillsong, which is a global, Mm. huge Mm -hmm. megachurch. Granted, that happened after this particular census was taken. Mm -hmm. But also, they also had a conservative uh, religious prime minister for a few years. And as I would argue... What was his name? uh, Scott Morrison. Yeah. Like when George W. Bush was in power, if you didn't like his politics, you also didn't love that he attached his religion to them, too. And I think when you have someone in power who does horrible things, you kind of don't want anything to do with their religious faith either. So you have all these things kind of pushing people away from organized religion. And again, doesn't mean they're all atheists. It just means they don't want to be... uh, And frankly, I think it's important to reiterate, if we haven't lately, that like... You know, our glee of the, you know, Christian majority being reduced is not because we want everybody to be atheists. I can only speak for myself. I don't Mm -hmm. give a shit what your religion is. The reason we are gleeful about non-religious people taking office is they seem to, by and large, use 
evidence and numbers yeah, to you, you make would their hope. opinions. You would hope. Not always, of course. Um, everybody's monsters. Two other really quick yeah, things. Go ahead. For younger Australians, like 46% of millennials said no religion. 46? Yeah. Compared to 30% of they baby boomers. Is there any information yet, uh, or are they no. still young? Too, too young. Um, and the other thing, this is interesting. This is the second census in Australia because that they've actually phrased this in an interesting way. They used to ask, what is basic, what is your religion? And the options were like Catholic, Anglican, dot, 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 dot. Other, please specify in the blank below. Uh-huh. And then no religion. The bubble was at the very oh, bottom. Oh, they buried it. They buried it. In 2016, they changed the way the question was worded. So it said like, what is your religion? And at the top, the first option is no religion. Really? Then you have all the other options followed by and it, what, other. Doubled? And you could fill it in. Well, that's when you started seeing this going up. Wow. Now, there are still Australians who would argue the question itself, what is the person's religion? That implies you should have a religion. There's a way to word that, that if you worded it fairly, they would say, like, do you have a religion? Mm. Yes or no? Sure. If it's yes. It's a flow chart. Yeah. I made a flow chart and you made well, fun of it. Well. It has watermelon and... <laughs> Something else doesn't so matter. There is an argument to be made that if you ask this question in a better way, you would actually see an even higher number. So of this is what I people. find to be a fascinating mechanic of like politics yeah. and and like public uh, opinion. I guess I don't know is just the fact that the simple phrasing of a question, the oh, order huge, of answers, huge. makes such a big impact on something that like is supposed to be very like. I'm religious. I'm going to find my yeah, religion and yeah. hit the button. But no, people are so fucking lazy. And yeah. they're like, oh, the first thing? Perfect. That's yeah. what I am. I mean, there's every single election. There is a battle to see who can be on the top of the ballot. Oh, sure. In your candidate, in like who's running for like comptroller of right. this city. It's like, well, there's four <laughs> candidates no one's ever heard of. <laughs> you want to be at the top. It's me, Jessica A-A-A-A-A Greif. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like the phone book with right, like exactly, I'm, exactly. I'm one, two, three, grave. Vote yeah, for me. Exactly. <laughs> um, I should say beyond that, you've also seen groups like the Atheist Foundation of Australia urging people to mark no religion yes. if that applies, instead so of doing something silly and stupid like saying I'm a Jedi. We love goofs as a community. We <laughs> love goofs as a community. We love to say we're a Jedi. Yeah. We love to say that we follow the great pumpkin. Whatever love it is. Love that they shit. Guys, up, guys. This shit matters. They Your put up funny billboards. jokes aren't handling they it. They put up billboards saying, "Listen, if you're not religious, I need you to do this." Um, again, how much of all these things had an impact on the final result? I don't know. What I can tell you is that the trend has been moving in one direction Which for direction no is religion that? up. Oh, <laughs> and it's gotten the significantly higher in the past two sensei. Um, so can I throw a soft pitch about why in five that's years, happening? When they do this again, yeah. almost certainly no religion will be on top. Almost certainly. Um, the things I've been thinking about a lot are like, how come nobody wants to work? And how come people are getting less religious? And it's like, 
Oh, is it because the old people who we depended on to be Christian right and the poor people who we depended on would do the grunt work nobody else does have all died during COVID? <laughs> I genuinely I I think about know. this all the time. People are like, we can't find anybody to wash dishes. Well, a million Thomas people. Is still around. A million people died in the United States of COVID. And so everybody's like, where are all the workers gone? They're literally <laughs> dead, George. Like, what could you be thinking? Nobody wants to work anymore. No, there's few. There's a million fewer human beings in the United States than there were two years ago. So I think, I think, that might have to do with something with the labor shortage. But in, you know what? What the fuck do I know? I'm just a loud lady who swears on a podcast. In case anyone's wondering for raw numbers, there are about 11.1 million Christians in Australia. There are about 9.9 million who say they are no religion. So if you want actual numbers oh, to okay. work with. Oh, okay. So we're drawing drawing pretty close. It's getting there. All right. I actually do have like five other stories to get to, but they're not important enough. I mean, honestly, I have so nowhere to be. It's all good. Um, hey. We're oh, are we done? Late. We're done for oh, now. I was opening the door We've for you. Gone I'm actually pretty forever. excited to go home and sleep. We still have a bonus episode to oh, do. Crap. I don't know what you're going to talk oh, about. Oh, I, I wrote a couple things. Down. I can get to my other stories. <laughs> no, um, uh, no uh, the bonus episode is a safe space from your bullshit. That's right. <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed this show, go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. It was miserable to if make. If you hate listen to this show, sure. go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Five bucks, you get the bonus episode, ad-free episodes, whatever it is. Uh, you, you could find me at Hemant Meta on Twitter. You, you can find me at Jess Blimke on Twitter. Uh, email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Friendlyatheistpodcast.com slash... At gmail.com. At, what's the Patreon one? Patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast. There podcast. you go. I drink most of that bottle of wine. Can Nicely I done. read... Um, this a better review. be good. Okay. Yeah. You know, weirdly, I read the like the cemeteries one about people own cemeteries because I'd asked you people own cemeteries, and that was a five star review, and I read it, <laughs> and then they changed it to one star review. Ouch. Is it because I was rude about it? I really did appreciate their mm. help. Whatever. Mm. Okay. Very engaging. Listen. T Rex loves sugar cereal. You got it. T Rex. As, as a small blue dot in a sea of red, Southern United States. Hey. Hey. Thematic. Um, I look forward to this pod every week as a respite from the religious fervor all around me. Thanks, Hemet. Oh, Hemet. I actually, I'm going to go ahead and cross stitch just all the ways your name's, name has been misspelled in our <laughs> reviews. I think that'd be a good bit. Uh-huh. Uh, Hemet and Jessica for all this info you share through engaging conversation. And thank you for being an ally to undes- uh, underserved communities. I thought you said undeserved communities, <laughs> which is stupid. Um, Thank you, T-Rex Love Sugar. That that means a lot to us. We appreciate your time. Um, The only things I have going on for the bonus episode are... um, Oh, I... I, Excuse me. I recorded an episode of God Awful Movies today. I'll talk about that a little more on the bonus episode. It'll be out in the next week or two. Um, Again, I've talked about it before. The podcast, Oberdemics. I just really want to dig into it. But most importantly, I want to talk about... uh, Dave Anthony and the podcast The Dollop because I have some strong feelings about what's going on there. All right. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, maybe with some better news. I mean, Mm, no. I wouldn't bet on that. I don't know. But, I mean, be optimistic, I guess. This is unusual. I don't like you being optimistic. You say things are bad. I still got to get to a bunch of sad stories from this week. We'll get Are you just going to do it tonight to your kids as they sleep? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye.